We are this close to having IU and Kentucky back once again. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Thursday, October 20th. This is Locked On Hoosiers. Your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We had our first acknowledgement from Mike Woodson and John Calipari that the IU Kentucky series is close. And based on those comments, it sounds like it is as close as it's ever been at SEC Media Day on Thursday, excuse me, Wednesday, John Calipari said about the series, quote, we've agreed in principle that we'll be playing them. It'll start in 25-26, but it's at the administrative level now, so all the details will be worked out. Why does it, Calipari's kind of quotes here carry a little bit more weight because Per his contract, he is in charge of Kentucky's non-conference scheduling. So he's directly the one kind of deciding who Kentucky is going to play. Later on in the day on Wednesday, Wish TV got uh, some comments from Mike Woodson. Quote, for both fans, uh, for Kentucky, I'm sure they'd love to see it. And I know the Indiana fans would love to see it again because it's been a good series over the year. Uh, over the years, it was when I played many years ago, so I'd like to see it back. It'd be great for our fan base. I'm kind of anxious to get it started. Uh, coach Cal is a very good friend of mine, a hell of a coach, so I'm looking forward to getting the series back together. It certainly sounds like, uh, and they basically both have confirmed it, this is this is close. The, the two of them have agreed on everything that they want. This is now with the athletic directors, the administrators, whoever that may be, the athletic departments, to dot the I's, cross the T's, get the paperwork done officially, and get this thing set in stone. Now still, the big thing that's still hanging over this, we don't know where this game, this series is going to take place. Uh, Everything appears to still be on the table. Uh, It sounds like, based on... uh, Jeff Rabjohns, some reporting he had that actually 2024-25 could be more likelier um, and that the first game is going to take place in Kentucky, most likely. That doesn't mean on Kentucky's campus. That could mean Louisville. I can't imagine it taking place anywhere else other than those two locations, but that was some kind of extra reporting he added to it. He also just kind of confirmed through his sources that this is close. He's reported that basically throughout that these two want to get it done. Uh, Coach Cal, Mike Woodson. Look, if this this doesn't get done at this point, it's out of their hands. And I, I think it's interesting that the coaches are being this public about it because that means probably one of two things. I guess it could technically be bo- uh, mean both things. Uh, it probably means they're very confident that this is going to get done because, I mean, they're college coaches at, at uh, programs with huge fan bases. They know if they come out and say something like this, 
There's a lot of people that are going to react to it. There's going to be a big reaction to it. Uh, so the fact that they are doing this, uh, especially Coach Cal, I would venture to say that means he's pretty confident about it. Or, I guess, and or, they're putting the pressure on the administrators to get it done. Uh, if they think that there could be some holdup there, Going public like this and saying, hey, we agree to it. It's on them now. That shifts the blame entirely. So if this doesn't get done, you're not looking at Calipari or Woodson. You're looking at the athletic directors and and people above them uh, shifting that blame. So I would venture to guess the two of them are probably pretty confident because everything has kind of been trending in that direction. When will we get an announcement? I'm not sure, uh, but again, it feels kind of imminent at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if, as you're listening to this, there is some type of formal announcement. It is interesting they're scheduling it so far in advance. Um, this isn't like college football where you schedule series seven, eight, nine years, ten years in advance. So I don't know what Kentucky's schedule look like. looks like. Maybe this is the earliest they could do it. I don't think IU really has anything booked up through that long. They definitely haven't announced anything booked up through that long, but it'll be interesting. It's going to build up excitement. If they come out on on Thursday, on Friday, and say, hey, the series is back on 2024, uh, we have two years to build up kind of the excitement to get back to that level. So if nothing else, th- that will be an added benefit. Um, I might celebrate the announcement by watching the watch shot or the IU Kentucky tournament game, uh, two iconic kind of recent games. Uh, IU won the last game. That tournament game was the last time these two played. So IU won the last game. They've won two of the last three ignore that. The one they lost was in the tournament and Kentucky won the national title that year. Uh, but I might celebrate by watching that game, but still it's, uh, it's exciting times. Um, I really want this series back. We've talked about it a lot. This is a fun series for both teams. A lot of bragging rights. I would venture to say, I mean, obviously outside of Purdue, this is the biggest rival Indiana has. Uh, the Purdue rivalry spans like every sport and whatnot, but purely basketball. This is the biggest rival I think Indiana has, um, it's a it's a fun game, and I, I want it back. It's been a long time, uh, too long, since these two teams have regularly played each other. Let's get this back. Let's get this over the finish line so uh, we can have this, this game and hopefully more memorable moments back on the docket each and every season. 2024-25 is a while away. 25-26 is also a while away. I don't know how many guys on this current roster will even play in that game, but we are going to preview a couple of players who are going to have big roles this season. Trey Galloway, Miller Cop, both perimeter players that could potentially be X factors for the Hoosiers this season. We're going to talk about both of them here in just a moment. First, though, look, sweat is one of those things that are just embarrassing and no one likes to talk about. Um, you guys, those that, that listened to me on Wednesday, heard me talk about. The fact that, you know, I was in downtown Philadelphia. I'm a, I'm a big dude. You can see it. 
Uh, I'm not hiding anything. Uh, I've seen the comments about how many built bars I might eat. Um, but I was in Philly this weekend, had to do a lot of walking, was dressed up for a wedding, sweating everywhere. At that moment, I really wish I had brought some sweat block with me. Sweat block is, it's, it's one of those things that sounds too good to be true, uh, but it can fix your embarrassing, uh, sweat. I would say problems, I guess. Um, sweat block was created by doctors to help with, uh, excessive sweating. It's doctor recommended. It's doctor created. I know it sounds too good to be true. It is not. I have used it before. It works. I sign off on it. I recommend it. And if you or someone you love, uh, a friend, anyone, uh, a significant other family member is experiencing kind of that embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block, save 20% right now with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Big shout out to you guys for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Head on over to Apple iTunes. Give us a quick five-star rating. While you're listening to this, you don't even have to stop what you're doing uh, or pause the episode. Just head on over there. Give us a quick five-star rating. It helps us out a ton. I appreciate you guys greatly for doing so. I've seen we've gotten a couple more ratings uh, in the last week. You guys are awesome. Thank you a ton. We also crossed 300 episodes. Uh, we or This is excuse me, our 300th episode. So huge shout out to you guys for getting us to this point. Um, we started this from the ground up. There was nothing there when we started this. Uh, so big shout out to all of you who have helped build this up. All of you who have already uh, given us a rating, thank you. Um, if you haven't, if you've listened to us at any point, you've enjoyed it, please head on over there. Give us a rating. Help us continue to build this audience. Let's talk Trey Galloway, who was a, a very... A, I was, yeah, he was a very important player. I wasn't sure if that was too much. He was a very important player on last year's IU team. Um, I have some stats to talk about here in a minute, but when he played, IU was good. And when he didn't, IU missed what he brought to the table and what he brings most to the table uh, that translates over any kind of position, any role is the energy he played with. It, It was something I didn't quite realize how much IU needed. I, I mentioned this during the season. He obviously gets hurt in that St. John's game with that dirty play, dirty foul at least. Um, he was out for a while, and I didn't really realize how much IU missed what he brought to the table until he returned in that Ohio State game. Immediately was thrust not into just a role in the team, but was closing the game against a ranked team in one of the bigger wins Indiana had this season, or had last season. And... It became pretty evident pretty quickly how important he was to the IU team. He he was a, kind of their de facto wing. He doesn't have necessarily great size as a wing at 6'4", but for an undersized IU team, he was the wing, um, a pesky defender, an annoying defender. Ask Jaden Ivey how annoying he was last season. Um, but he brought a, an energy, a hustle, an effort that was... Um, that, that translated and addictive, I guess, to the rest of the team. It, it, it really got the rest of the team going. You saw that on multiple occasions, especially at home. It really gets the fans going, gets the players going. Now, this season, I think he, he's in the running for 
I think there's four starting spots locked up. Xavier Johnson starting. Trace Jackson Davis is starting. Race Thompson is starting. Jalen Hood Shafino is starting. There is one spot open. We talked Tamar Bates might be able to do it. Trey Galloway very well could be able to do it as well. He started some games last season. Uh, it was really three games kind of in the latter part of the Big Ten schedule before he got hurt again about early to mid-February. He, I, I wonder if his energy might translate better as a bench player. IU has options for that third spot, that third starting spot. Um, Perhaps if they want more kind of scoring overall, they could go with the Tamar Bates. They want more shooting, kind of in theory, more veteran leadership. Miller Cobb, who we'll talk about. If they want that energy, that defense, maybe it's Trey Galloway. And maybe it changes from game to game um, and opponent to opponent. But I think having that energy off the bench to really spark things if things aren't going well uh, could be useful to Indiana this season. And look, uh, kind of bench lineups that feature Galloway and Malik Renault, Renew, I believe is his name, um, and Tamar, Trey Galloway, Malik Renew. those types of lineups, Jordan Geronimo, have a lot of activity, um, a lot of athleticism, and can be a fun bench lineup. So it'll be interesting to see what specific type of role he plays. The If he doesn't improve his three-point shooting, Trey Galloway that is, uh, there's going to be a pretty hard ceiling on what he's going to be able to do. Um, if he wants to take kind of that next leap, he has to be able to shoot three-pointers. It wasn't even that he didn't make them last season. He didn't even take them. He took 28 three-pointers in 20 games. He has taken 61 three-pointers in 45 games, and he's made 12 of them, six each season. Uh, that's 19%. That's that's going to hold him back. That That is not going to get it done. He showcased some other stuff at times last season. He obviously had to basically play point guard against Northwestern. That led to him having some more ball handling duties later in the season. He kind of showed some ability to be maybe a secondary creator and get to the rim. Um, there are ways he can improve there, but so long as he's not able to knock down shots, that's going to really limit not just his ceiling, but the type of lineups you can use him in. Um, and if he can shoot three pointers, you can stick him in to virtually any kind of lineup and he can, he can play any, I was going to, I, I guess basically any of the three guard positions, you probably don't want him to play point guard, but he's done it. He can be a shooting guard. He can be a, a small forward or a kind of a second shooting guard uh, that you can play in college. So that's obviously the biggest thing. His defense was critical last season. He was probably IU's best perimeter defender, which was both good and bad. Um, he mainly bad in that he was just undersized. IU needed more, uh, length and wit and wingspan and whatnot on the perimeter, but that wasn't really his fault. He did well. I thought defending guys that he physically could match up with. Um, and that'll be important again this season and that'll keep him getting playing time regardless of whether he can shoot or not. That energy and that defense is going to keep him on the floor. It's just a matter of how many minutes and when he's on the floor uh, is dictated by some other things. But look, it is not a coincidence 
that IU was good with him and bad without him. Uh, in the games he played last season, IU was 12-7 and with him. Uh, including they won nine of their first 11 games. They started nine and two, or they were nine and two in the first 11 games he played. Without him, they were nine and seven. So they lost as many games and fewer total contests without him. Um, he, he brings kind of that intangible. There's a lot of cliches you can attach with Trey Galloway. The intangibles, the, the things you can't really measure, the hustle plays, the the intensity, throw all those cliches you want out there. He brings all that to the table and infectious. That is what it is. It's not addictive. I couldn't think of the word extra, uh, uh, earlier. It is infectious the way he plays, and that that's evident. And never more so than when he's available versus when he's not available. You could see it. It wasn't a coincidence last year. He played hurt at the end of the season, but IU needed him and. Again, it wasn't a coincidence that they went on a run through the tournament once he kind of rejoined the team. He went out February 15th at home against Wisconsin and then returned for the Michigan game. And they beat Michigan. They beat Illinois. They Jordan Bohannon nonsense in the Iowa game or they win that. Uh, and then the Wyoming game and the St. Mary's game. Um so him being available, I don't think is a coincidence at all for all those games. And he was important. How important he remains for this team. We'll see this season. Uh, if he can start knocking down shots or, I mean, I guess there's a path where if he becomes more of a driver and finisher, there, there's minutes, but he needs to be more of an offensive threat to see that role increase this season. If he can do that, he is going to be very important to IU this season, going to be closing a lot of games and could be a, an X factor. We mentioned that phrase with Tamar Bates. I think there's a number of guys who could be X factors. Um, and Trey Galloway could be that with some improvement offensively from him. But look, Miller Cop could be an X factor too. I know he drew some ire for myself included last season. Um, there are ways for him to be a productive player. We'll look at that and kind of the, the role and expectation for him next season here in just a moment. Let's talk about today's sponsor though, bet online. You guys know BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, NBA, um, if you want to look at the Hoosiers, they are three-point underdogs going to Rutgers this weekend. We'll preview that game in tomorrow's episode, but um, the Hoosiers are plus 140 in that contest. BetOnline also has a lot of NBA stuff we mentioned. Uh, I won some money opening night betting player props in the um, Lakers game. Anthony Davis's point total over cashed out uh, as well it was a parlay lebron anthony davis steph curry uh, you guys can do all that uh og and Anobi and the raptors had a wild late cover uh on 
Wednesday night as well. So if you want to sweat it out, betting on some Hoosiers, we'll talk about them maybe next week. The Hoosiers that are in the NBA as the season gets rolling, who you guys need to pay attention to this season. You can find all that, though, over on Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's talk Miller Cop, who, again, admittedly, I wasn't crazy about how much he played last season. Uh, I thought he was miscast or misused, uh, which led to some struggles of his last year. Uh, I was honestly a little surprised looking back to see how I, it felt like he shot worse than the 36% he shot um, last season from the three-point line. It was 35% in uh, conference games. There were some games late in the season where he was really big. The Purdue game on the road in the regular season finale, he hit four threes, knocked down a couple against Michigan, struggled against Iowa, but had some timely shots through the Big Ten tournament, um, hit some shots in against Minnesota on the road, the game the Hoosiers almost threw away, uh, but didn't, I mean, really was kind of a non-factor in both tournament games, which is was just kind of the frustrations that came with his game last season. Uh, If I were to bet right now, speaking on bet online and you can't bet on a starting lineup, but I would say Miller cops going to start this season. I would say that fifth spot we talked about is going to go to Miller cop. If it is his three point shooting has to be better. That lineup of Xavier, Jalen hood, Chifino trace race, and Miller Cop relies a lot on those per- three perimeter guys to knock down shots. Xavier was up and down. Jalen Hood Shafino, that's the weakest part of his offensive game. Miller Cop had some highs, had some lows. It's got to be pretty high, I think, for him to maintain this st- starting spot. Higher than the 36%, something closer to the 39.6% that he shot his sophomore year at Northwestern, much higher than the 35% he shot at, um, or in conference play last year. The problem is he he has to shoot really well, I think, because the role he's going to be used at in Indiana as kind of a small forward, I don't think is really the role that best suits him. I said it last year. I think he's a stretch four. Um, IU has too many bigs to really do that. It'd be interesting to see lineups with him and Jordan Geronimo on the floor, uh, because I think Geronimo could defend the perimeter players a little bit better than Miller cop could. I I think they could be a little interchangeable, which might, uh, work a little bit better for him. But I mean, that's a very specific type of lineup to use him in. Uh, and it would require some, some changing of lineups and rotations. We'll see how it's used, but there, I, th- I just think if you use him as a small forward, he gets exposed against better opponents defensively, uh, especially if he has to guard perimeter players. He has some value defending kind of in the post. He's a bigger body, a strong guy, a good base, and I think he has value defending in the post. I just thought there were times last season where just physically – he could not stay in front of some of uh, the small forwards IU played against. And that's going to continue to be a problem because IU is going to play against some really, really good teams that are going to have really good athletes on the perimeter next season. 
or this season, next month starting. Uh, so he's going to need to provide a lot of value offensively, I think, to make up for some of the the shortfalls he's going to have defensively. I just think it has to be better than 36% shooting. I would think uh, the difference this season is that there is more competition behind him. In theory, Tamar Bates should have a, a stronger second season. Trey Galloway, he's going to be coming off the bench and gunning for that other starting spot, especially with Jalen hood Shafino in there now. Um, there are guys, Jordan Geronimo, in theory as well, could play that small forward position. There are guys now that could push him. Uh, competition is a good thing, not just in kind of replacing guys, but in pushing guys to be better. From what the reports have been, it's that Miller Cop has played really well uh, during summer workouts, during practice. We'll see if that translates to games. Um, but there's a lot of competition for this last spot. Cop's leadership is invaluable. He's been around for quite a while. This is going to be uh, his fifth season in the Big Ten in college basketball. Um, there is, I mean, that level of leadership is important and that that is a role he's had i think he he should and could should and will have a role on this team it just i think it should be a little bit different than the role he had last season maybe it is maybe things are are changed up a bit they're able to space the floor out some more and if he knocks down shots it's going to make things a lot easier in general for him so That's just the biggest thing to me, knocking down shots, being a a floor spacer, the three-point shooter that he can be, it's just going to have to be better than what it was last season, which is asking a lot because he shot 36.1% and he's a career 36% shooter. So, I mean, he shot what you expect from him. I guess I'm just expect, I need, I expect him to be better. I, I, you need him to be better this season to go from being a team flirting with, uh, the bubble to a team that is the best in the big 10. I, you need him to be better this season. They need whoever's playing in that spot that he's going to occupy to be better. If he's not, he, he's going to get passed up for minutes. So, um, that kind of threat is looming and maybe that leads to improvement from him this season. It's going to be a really fascinating competition between Miller cop, Trey Galloway, Tamar Bates. Cause just because Miller cop started games did not mean he finished games. Trey Galloway finished a lot of games in his spot. There's any number of those guys could finish games next season. And it's going to make for really interesting competition. And, uh, I- I'm just, fascinated to see how mike woodson uses them this upcoming season thanks again guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every day we'll be back with you tomorrow to preview uh the iu rutgers football game know what your team is up against across the big 10 with locked on big 10 everyday host nate dickinson and the local experts of locked on take you across the big 10 in 30 minutes make locked on big 10 your second listen locked on big 10 Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. You guys know the deal. Leave a quick rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Thursday and LEO.